I believe so strongly, Pastor Moses, in what you just led us in a few moments ago. The best is yet to come. I went back and forth and debated on entitling the message today, The Best is Yet to Come. 1 Peter 5 is where I'd like you to go. 1 Peter 5. Because this phrase is a bit overworked. Right? Anybody ever heard the phrase, The Best is Yet to Come? And some have just worn it out, and it means nothing. And so I have really pulled away from just throwing that out to you. And, but I believe so strongly that God has a word for us today Amen. that the best days you've ever seen in your life are still ahead of you. I believe you'll be more productive and more fruitful than you've ever been. I believe, Lynn, that you'll be more effective for the king than you've ever been. To those who are, let's say, 65 and older, retirement age, don't ever retire spiritually. It's not time to coast. I believe your best days can still be ahead for you as well. 1 Peter chapter 5, and just before we read the text, I have to just marvel at God's goodness and how He blesses us. Karen and I are so blessed with three amazing kids, but I'm especially thankful for my oldest who's going to be turning 14 in just a couple of days. Pimo, why don't you come back up here unless we got to sing a little happy birthday song for my little boy who's not little anymore. He's got a little caterpillar growing on his lip. But I want to honor you, Elliot, and I want to give thanks to God for your life. I want you to stand so we could all just honor you and thank the Lord for your life. Woo! Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Elliot, happy birthday to you. You're feeling your oats today, aren't you? <laughs> oh, we love you, Elliot. We thank God for you. First week of school this past week, and already Elliot has invited someone to the house of the Lord. Now, if she comes, who knows? Um, she, notice, yeah, notice. I think he's going to ask a lot of she's to the house of the Lord. But praise God. But I, I, I'm very, very proud. Um, they are a testament that you can love the Lord at all ages of life. I don't believe the philosophy of some parents that say, 
Well, they're going to go through it. They're going to go through the rebellious stage. They're going to they're get in trouble. They're going to try cigarettes, and they're going to try drugs, and they're going to try alcohol, so we've got to just brace ourselves for, for that. And I say to that, baloney. I say, my God is bigger than that. My God is not only able to save, my God is able to keep. And I'm thankful for his keeping power as well. And I'm believing that none of my children, and I'm believing for yours as well, as long as they're on my watch and under this roof, we are going to believe that they will not, in fact, go through the rebellious stage. They will not experiment on all of these levels like some do. We're going to believe that they will make an impact. They will make a difference. We're going to believe that Walker and Kennedy are going to be turned on their ears and schools, Miller, all of these schools in the surrounding area are going to be turned upside down for God. Will anybody help me believe this way? Hallelujah. We serve a God that's able to save and deliver and heal, but He's able to keep us to the very end. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 5. Look at this in verse number 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory, listen to this, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a little while, somebody say a little while, may He perfect you. May he establish you. May he strengthen you. And may he settle you. Some of y'all need to settle down. <laughs> Verse number 11 says, To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever and ever and ever. Come on, let's say that last word together. Amen. And we thank God for his word. 1 Peter is a wonderful, wonderful book. If you've not read it lately, I encourage you, reread this great epistle. In fact, I want you, even this afternoon, if you don't mind, maybe this evening before you go to bed, go back to the first chapter. There's such greatness in this book. It's a book of triumph, in my opinion. It teaches us how we can triumph in trial. Ever been through a trial? Anybody in one right now? You need this today. You need this teaching today. This is a book of triumph in the middle of our trial. It begins in chapter 1 filled with wonderful and blessed promises for us. Again, I'm going to leave that to you later on today, but let me just pull out a few promises. Verse number 3 of chapter 1, He has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. Here's another great, great promise for us. We have an inheritance, verse number 4, which is incorruptible and it is undefiled and it will not fade away. And look where it's reserved. Verse number 4, reserved for us in heaven. And I love this, verse number five, I've already danced on this, but I'm going to say it again. Who are kept by the power of God. Aren't you thankful today that God has kept you? The enemy wanted to destroy you. The enemy wanted to take you out. The enemy wanted to take you down. The enemy tried to steal from you. The enemy tried to destroy you. The enemy has come in, but God has kept me and he will keep me to the very, very end. If you're thankful for the keeping power of God, you ought to give him one more praise right now. Come on and thank God that he is able to keep us. 
Hallelujah. I've been kept for this moment. I've been kept for this day. I've been kept for this season. And so have you. It starts off with all of these promises. It ends up speaking about the trials in life, but of the ultimate victory that will be ours. With every trial, I believe there's a victory that will come. The reality for us, church, in this world, there's going to be tribulation. In this life, we are going to suffer. But I want you today to dig deep. And I want to try and help lift you above the trial, the testing, the tempting. I want, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to lift you above your suffering and help you see down the road because there's something better down the road. There may be suffering now, but there is glory that is coming later. Which leads me to my first point. There is, in fact, suffering right now. It's so real that many in this room are facing it, even as I speak. There are some in this room, you have chronic pain because of injury. There's some in this room, I know for a fact, you're battling with cancer. Suffering. It's real, folks. I'm not the kind of pastor that's going to gloss over this and, and try and entice people to come to the cross by saying, when you come to Jesus with a big smile and a little ding, right? Ding. What's the ding? <laughs> When you come to Jesus, all your problems end. All your trials end. Ding, ding, ding. No more temptation. No more suffering. Just come to Jesus. It's not scriptural. In fact, when you come to Jesus... I believe the temptation and the testing and the trying is going to even increase because the enemy doesn't want you to succeed. There's a real enemy out there, folks, who does not want us to succeed. Suffering is real. There are people who, over these last several years, because of our economy and the bottoming out of it, you face things that you have never faced in your life and never thought you would face them now. After all, you're God's son. You're God's daughter. You're a child of the king. Why are you struggling? Why are you suffering financially the way you have been? Wow, it's real. The suffering that we face is very real. We will suffer in some degree while we're here on earth. If you're not suffering right now, you ought to get on your knees today and thank the Lord because it won't be long. And don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not a prophet of gloom and doom. I'm just telling you, I know the track record of the enemy. He's a punk, he's sly, he's crafty, and he never, never gives up. He's relentless. If you're not suffering right now, if you're not going through the trial right now, if you're not being tested right now, you better get on your knees and thank God because it won't be long and he's going to be in your stuff too. He's going to be up in your business too. 
He's going to creep in through the back door and you will suffer again. That's just the reality of it. Until we get to heaven, we are going to suffer. I found three reasons why we suffer. Suffering, first of all, is because we are part of the fallen race. Thank you, Eve. Thank you, Adam. You ever feel like that? Wonder what it would be like if they didn't give in to their flesh, if they didn't give in to sin, if they didn't give in to the temptation of the enemy. It was a world without suffering. It was a world without sin. It was a world where they walked with God. They didn't have to wear clothes. Right? They didn't. They didn't even wear clothes because it wasn't, it wasn't wrong. But all of a sudden, they crossed a line. They took matters into their own hands. And they had a realization that they should not have had. Now, I say thank you, Eve. Thank you, Adam. But let's not be too hard on Adam and Eve. If it were you or me, we'd probably have apple on our breath, too. Come on. Well. But part of the reason we suffer is because... On that day, when Eve gave in to temptation, the enemy uh, took on the, on the role and the, the shape even of a serpent. Go back to the beginning of the book in Genesis. You'll see this. And he hissed and slithered and spoke in her ear. Right? Did God really say that? Hmm. Oh, it surely won't hurt. He said we could have everything in the garden. He just said that one tree, but maybe he didn't really mean that. How many of y'all know when God says something, he means what he says? Don't second guess that. Don't question that. He said it, and he meant it. But she, thought she, knew, she thought she knew better, and she, she took it. She, part, she partook. She convinced her husband. You know the story. In that moment, folks, God said, okay, then there's consequences. Exactly. <laughs> I love when somebody shouts me down like that. <clears throat> there's consequences, folks. With every choice that we make, good or bad, right or wrong, there's either going to be a reward for the right or there's going to be a consequence for the wrong. Every choice, every decision... Great and small, there's reward for the right, there's consequence for the wrong. He said, since you think you know better, here are the consequences for that. How many ladies in this room have born a child? You've given birth before. Do you remember in that moment when you were having the, the labor pangs? Anybody remember that? You can thank Eve for that for sure. Because that wasn't part of God's plan. That particular part of suffering and hurt, and I understand it hurts. That wasn't God's plan. He, it, only after the fall, only after she sinned, labor, and the, the list goes on. There's a list of, of consequences. We have to work the sweat of our brow. Part of the reason we suffer is because we're part of a fallen race. And when we were born, we were born into sin. 
Another reason why we suffer, and I've danced on this already, but I can't say this enough. There is a real enemy. We suffer because of the attacks of our adversary. How many in this room would say, Pastor, I believe there is a real adversary, there is a real devil? I know for some of you would say, why do you ask that? Why would you even ask that? I ask it because you wouldn't believe how many believers are sitting in a church just like this that do not believe the devil is real. They believe that it's just a, a story that has been passed down, uh, 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 almost a bedtime story, if you will, almost mythological, if you will. He's dressed in red with horns and a pointy tail, and he carries a pitchfork. Have you seen this image of the devil? It's like a cartoon character, character or caricature. That's what our society has made it to be. But let me tell you something. He's not dressed in red today. I don't believe he has horns and a pointy tail or a pitchfork. I believe he's real. I believe that he's cunning. And I believe that he's come only to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 tells us that. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. Might have life and have it abundantly. There is a real en enemy. And part of the reason we suffer is because he is relentless in his attack and his pursuit of you. There's another reason we suffer. We suffer, thirdly, because we're selfish. We suffer because we're fleshly. And we like feeling good. And so we choose poorly sometimes. We choose in disobedience instead of obedience. God puts the choice in front of us. You'll never be forced to choose properly. Did you know that? Never. God will never force you. He'll encourage you by His Holy Spirit as strongly as He knows how. But ultimately, the choice is yours. Because we are simply fleshly. Sometimes, I'll say it like this even many times, we let our, our flesh choose instead of the spirit man. That's why I asked you a moment ago to raise your hand and say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me today to die to my flesh. not uh, fleshly-led decisions. Uh, do you have that scripture? Did you get that in, Brandon? I, I know I threw that at you. I threw him a little bit of a curveball, but this is so powerful. Look at this. Romans chapter 8 says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, that's all they're thinking about. Day in and day out. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds according to the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death. And to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I choose life. How about you? I choose peace. How about you? Suffering is real. They're suffering now, but listen to this. Number two, there's going to be glory later. 
Oh, I bring you good news today, church. Suffering now, glory later. Look at this again in our text in verse number 10. May the God of all grace, who called us to eternal glory by Christ, after you have suffered a little while, did you know there is a time limit on suffering? Oh, I thought that would encourage somebody. I'm so glad somebody latched on to that. There is a time limit to your suffering. God will only allow it to go so far. You remember the story of Job? The enemy actually came to God's presence. And he said, here's one. He's perfect in every way. Let me at him. Let me do all that I can to him. And I'll show you he'll turn from you. A little bit of suffering will cause him to turn from you. And God said, do all that you desire. Only do not take his life. Everything else was fair game. Can you imagine? And boy, did the enemy do all that he desired to Job. Job lost his livelihood in that all of his crops were destroyed. Job lost all of his hired help and all of his, all of his employees. They were killed. That sounds bad enough right there. But it gets worse. All of Job's children were murdered, slaughtered. He lost all of his kids. Then to make matters worse, his physical body is attacked. And he comes down with a disease which causes boils to appear all over his body. Open wounds and sores all over his body. So what's his wife do? She gets up in the morning and brings him his cup of coffee and says, here's your coffee, and by the way, why don't you curse God and die? How many of y'all like to be encouraged like that in the morning? Boy, there's a bride for you. There's a keeper. But he did keep her. And he stood through the fire, stood through the testing, stood through the storm, and continued to believe... Friends came and mocked him and told him, how to, told him how to live life. But he kept listening to God. He said, God gave and God takes away. Naked I came into this world. Naked I'm going to leave this world. Blessed be his name. In the good days and in the bad days. But do you know what? God drew a line. God drew a line for Joe. And he said, enough is enough. That's all you can do. And the tide began to change. The winds began to shift. And all the suffering began to be alleviated. Does anybody know the end of this story? Karen, what happened in the end? Well, I want somebody to hear that today. Everything was double. God gave Job double for his trouble. And I'm telling you right now, for anybody who might be suffering, for anybody who might be going through it right now, you're being tested, you're being tried, there's a limit, there's a time limit that God is going to put on it. And what if today, what if right now God says enough is enough and your suffering ends and the tide shifts and the winds change and you begin to get double for your trouble? Hey, hallelujah. 
Thank you, God. There's suffering now, but there's glory that is coming later. It's a place of glory, by the way. I love all the promises in the Word of God of heaven. John 14, verse number 1 through 3. Uh, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And the Apostle Paul knew this place was real. He longed to stay here because there was so much work to do. But in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 23, he said, I'm hard-pressed betwixt the two, having a desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better, going to that land of glory, going to that place of glory. And, and let me encourage you with this scripture out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 8. The Apostle Paul said, we are confident, yes, even well-pleased rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, let me encourage you one more time today. Know this, the suffering that you have, it may be real, it may be painful, but it's only temporary and there's glory coming ahead. There's a land of glory, there's a place of glory, there's eternal glory for us. Thank you, Jesus. Here's another point that you need to jot down. In our suffering, God is preparing us for this land of glory, for this place of glory, eternal glory. This, that's that's the, the goal. That's the objective. Every time you go through a situation that causes suffering, whether it's because of the fall of man, whether it's because of an attack from the adversary or whether it's because of your own poor choices, suffering is still suffering and it still hurts. There's physical suffering in this room, chronic and daily. I don't want to minimize that. I'm not, I don't minimize that. I feel for you. I pray for you. Dan, I pray for you, my friend. I know that you suffer in your body physically, and you don't tell everybody because you, you don't want anybody else to carry that. That's just the kind of man you are. But I know, sir, that you still suffer in your body. There is emotional suffering in this room, so deep and private. God sees it. With every situation that causes suffering, it's an opportunity for God to shape and mold and make us what we need to be and what he wants us to be. I believe that so strongly. He's preparing us for glory through our suffering. Look at how that's happening. After you have suffered a while, bring up verse number 10 again of 1 Peter 5, if you don't mind. After you have suffered a while, look at this, he will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. This is how we are being made ready through the suffering. Perfecting us, that's a matter of maturity. There are some in this room, I say this with all the love that I could muster, you need to get off the bottle. And I'm being nice by saying it the way I just said it. It is time. You have been nursing long enough. It is time for the meat of the word. 
It's time to mature. It's time to grow in the Lord. Don't let the first little storm that comes your way capsize your boat and you're going to get out of the faith and I'm going to get out of the church. God doesn't love me. Yes, he does. He loves you enough to let the storm come your way. He loves you enough to help steady your boat through the storm. You just gave up too soon. The ones who really need to hear this, they're not here today because they gave up too soon. So why don't you get a DVD and send it to somebody? You know they could hear this. You know that they'll speak to them. Seriously, it is time to start eating some filet mignon of the Word. It is time for some ribeye of the Word. It is time for a T-bone steak of the Word. It's time, church, that we start growing up and get off the bottle. Stop nursing. With the trial that comes your way, God is trying to mature you. God is trying to tell you, grow up. Maturing us, establishing us. As I think of this word establish, I thought of establishment. I thought of a building. I thought of a foundation. See, God with the trial is building your faith. He's establishing you so you can say, you know what? We rode out Katrina. We can ride out Earl. Earl just huffed and puffed and didn't do much at all, did he? Thank be, thanks be to God. But boy, wasn't there talk about Earl last week? Y'all see that on the news? Y'all watch the news? Well, the big old hurricane coming in on the East Coast last week. Earl, big old eye. I mean, category four, going to bust out North Carolina. And they had to batten down their hatches. And they had to, you know. God's trying to establish you, church. So that when the next storm comes... You're ready. You've already, you've already battened down the hatches. You've already secured everything. You're going to weather it out. You're not giving up. You're just being established by every storm, by every trial, with every testing. God is perfecting you. God is making you ready for eternal glory. Hallelujah. There's impurities that are going to come out of you through the storm. There's, there's imperfections that are going to come out of you through the testing and through the, through the trying, through the fire. Hallelujah. Strengthening us. Strengthening us. All your strength gets depleted through the trial, through the storm. God is strengthening you, making you ready, battle ready, and settling us. There's some people who just need to settle down. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, and just tell them, say, settle down. <laughs> say, why don't you settle down? Now say it with love. You need to settle down. You've been wanting to tell them that for months. Just settle down. Let this settle you. Your boss is not your, not your source. Your situation does not dictate the end. Just settle down. Don't get in an uproar. Don't throw up your hands and wring your hands and, oh, just settle down. This is trying to settle you. Just one more thing, Pastor Moses, I want you to come, which will hopefully hurry me to the end. Yeah, bring that up. Look at this. The suffering that you may be facing and enduring right now 
<laughs> it cannot compare with the glory that is coming. The suffering now cannot compare with the glory later. And listen, folks, our life is like a vapor. It's here and it's gone. A day with the Lord, the Bible says that's just like a thousand years. And a thousand years, that's just like a day. The important thing is the eternal part. Running the race to the end. Not giving up. Not letting the pain that you might be facing. I know it's real. I know it's real. Not letting that cause you to make decisions that will change your eternity. People say all kinds of foolish things. They actually do foolish things when they're hurting and when they're in pain. And I'm thankful that we can pray that God would alleviate the pain. I believe in miracles while we're here on earth. I believe that. I believe in the laying on of hands, praying a prayer of faith, anointing with oil, calling elders forward. I believe in all that. I'm not saying, now just, just tough it out. You're just going to have to tough it out till you get to heaven. I'm saying there are seasons where we will suffer. And in that, God is teaching and training and perfecting us even, making us, getting us ready for glory, getting us ready for eternal living. So hold fast, hold tight, stand your ground, settle yourself. And I'm still going to pray for you. I'm still going to ask God to blow our minds with His ability and with His love for us. Remember, the season, uh, the suffering is a season and it only lasts a little while. What if today God would call an end to someone's season of suffering? Wouldn't that be nice? It could be for you. I want you to bow your heads all across this room. If you're suffering today, Emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, you're suffering. There's better days ahead. There's wonderful days ahead. Your, your best days are ahead. But if you're here today and you are, in fact, right smack dab in the middle of the suffering season, I want you to stand right now. stand up all across this room every man woman student who might be suffering right now i'm going to pray for you hallelujah oh thank you jesus oh thank you jesus come on who else who else will just forget about what anybody thinks or says you'll just stand and say pastor i'm suffering i'm suffering right now i want you to stand i don't want you to miss this I've been hurt, I've been confused. 
that has been done your best is yet to come for your ladder will be greater I said your ladder will be greater oh your ladder will be greater than the rest if you're standing I want you to lift your hands right now your ladder will be greater than your past. You will be blessed. You will be blessed. More than you could ask. More than you could ask. Despite all, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. <laughs> and your ladder will be great. Your ladder will be great. Your best days are still ahead of you. Will be greater than the rest. All things are possible. Things are possible. They are possible. Yes, they are. Possible. All things are possible. Things are possible. Things are possible. They are possible. Ooh, possible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Possible. Yes, they are. They, they are, are possible. We're going to sing this again, but I want the church to find someone. If you're not suffering right now, look around this room because there's plenty who are. I'd like a lady to go and find a lady who's standing and a man to go and stand with a man. And I just want you simply to let them know there's glory coming for them. Their best days are ahead for them. I just want you to lift up a prayer for them. Come on, church. I want you to move right now. We have many, many, many in this room, and I don't want anybody standing by themselves. So please don't think, well, I'll leave that to the deacons. We don't have enough elders. I'll leave that to the pastors. We don't have enough pastors. I need your help. I see people standing alone. I don't like that. Come on, find somebody that you can go and pray with. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, don't let anybody stand alone. Don't let anybody stand by themselves. Go and find somebody that you can just put your hand on their shoulder. Maybe take them by the hand. Pray for them. Pray over them. All things are possible. Come on, Pastor Moses. Oh, oh, yes, they are. They are possible. They are possible. They are possible. All things, all things are possible. They are possible. Yes, they are. Come on, pray over them. Pray over them. Let the Spirit of God anoint you right now. Begin to declare some things over their life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Your best days are still ahead of you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we pray for an end to the suffering for some in this room. Let that suffering season, God, come to an end right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise.
praise. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for causing a, an end to come to the suffering now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bring an end to the suffering, God, and let us know, God, that you are in control and we rest in your hand. Thank you, Jesus. They are possible. Yes, they are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. They are possible. Yes, they are. Oh, your ladder will be greater. Your ladder will be greater. I declare this over your life. Your best days are still ahead of you. Hallelujah. Your best days are still ahead of you. Thank you, Jesus. God, overwhelm her with your presence right now. Overwhelm her, God, with your love and with your peace and with the comfort that comes from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And your ladder will be your ladder. Your ladder will be. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. Oh, your best is yet to come. Anybody believe that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, your best. Just before we leave, could I invite you to stand one more time? We are going to declare, church, our best days are still ahead. Our best is still ahead. Our best is yet to come. Our best is yet to come. Our best is yet to come. Oh, our best is yet to come. I believe it. I believe it. Best is yet to come. Oh, your best is yet to come. Our best, our best is yet. Thank you, Lord. Our best is yet to come. Our best is yet to come. Our best is yet to come. Oh, our best is yet to come.
best is yet to come. Is yet to come. Come on and give God a shout of praise one more time. Hallelujah. everybody have a wonderful wonderful labor day weekend enjoy time with your family tonight there's no service we'll look for you on wednesday god willing and don't forget your best is yet to come hallelujah